Are you ready to party? Let's go. Let's go podcast. We're here. We're here live. And things are a little different. I'm not Timothy. Um, I'm not. But Timothy is here. Uh, he's actually our host today. Host or the guest? Guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. No, it's all good. Uh, thanks, 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 Tim. Um, no, it's all good, man. Yes, yes. So how are you doing today, bro? Man, I'm good. Uh, we've had a good... Uh, it's been a good week. We just got back from the Gold Coast Country Music Festival. Yes. We had our team at, and that was a lot of fun. Yes. How was... was fun. What was your... Probably your favorite experience from that? Oh, man. You know what? I As much as we were talking to the artists and the politicians and stuff that were there, I like talking to the people. Yes. I want to get to know what the, the everyday person out there, what do they think? Yes. What are they, what's going through their head as far as... Are they having fun at the festival? What do they think of the music? You know, what's what's Veterans Day mean to them? You know, mm-hmm. so that uh, to me, talking to the people and having fun with them, and you know that sheriff that was there, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the joke. <laughs> that guy was going. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. She fell for that pretty hard. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I like being amongst the people and just talking with them and chatting, and it, it was a good time. So, it was it was hot. Yeah, very. Um, it was very very hot, but um, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. I loved it. I loved it. I loved. Uh, so the politicians were cool, um, but it was a really good opportunity to hear the people and to hear what they thought about uh, Memorial Day and what it meant to them. It also was pretty cool to hear like live music was dope. Uh, the planes flying overhead was amazing. Um, everything, everything, and then, and then just the people and everything going on was was really amazing. Um, so it was good to good to do that. Um, I'm glad you invited me. And, um, oh yeah, bro! You're yeah. part of the team. Let's go, baby! Yeah, yeah baby. But you know, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful. Yeah. So yeah, it was a great opportunity. Let's go podcast. On it was the a good road. time. I like when we're out out there, as I say, in the streets talking with people. In the streets. Bro. Yeah, it's it's so funny because people think we have this high end yeah. camera equipment. Yeah. It's for everybody to know, we we really don't. We yeah. just we use our iPhone yeah, with a patched in mic, yeah. and it comes out great. So yeah. it is what it is. Exactly. It is what it is, baby. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, let's go way back. Way back. Let's do it. Um, uh, I think people know that, you know, I've known you for a while. Uh, we grew up together in yeah. uh, elementary, elementary, junior high, and high school. Um, I'm not, you were uh, at the high school for a couple years. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was amazing. Um, what's your earliest memory of me? Oh, <laughs> baby. Yeah, bro. Um, I think it was, I think it was third grade. Yeah. And it was out in the basketball court. Yeah. Uh, I was in Miss Young's class. Yeah, Miss Young. Were you Miss Young's yeah, class, dude? Yeah, she yeah, was Yeah, we were in the same class. I don't know if that was a year you had your big red frame glasses. I think that was it. Um, yeah. But I remember, gosh, all of us, like, basketball was huge, right? That's when the Bulls were big. Yep. You know, yep. Michael Jordan nice. and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, all that stuff, man. So basketball was like... This is before social media oh, yeah. and com- before the internet was huge and all that and everything. Remember trading cards? Oh my god! Yeah, I used dude. to bring them to school. And yep. which one did you have? And recess, recess, dude. It was like we were just counting down the minutes, yep. dude. And we would run to that basketball court. Who can get the ball first? Yep. Who's the team captain? Yep. Who are we picking? Exactly. And then I remember playing kickball with you, and you would launch <laughs> every time. People, <laughs> Sam would launch that ball in the parking lot and would go way over the fence. Boop. And Sam was always taller than everybody. <laughs> Like you, you sprouted up so fast, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. But it was a good time. Yeah. Those are, uh, you know, it's funny because I'll drive by Calvary Chapel Downey every once in a while, and it still looks the same, and it's so weird. Just like you get the same feeling when you were a kid. You're driving by like, oh, my gosh. Did I pull in one time? I'm like, man, this is 
this is crazy. It's all the same. This is where kind of formative years happened, you know, with so many friends. We're we're now we're we're connected again, and and that's one thing I really enjoy is connecting with people. Right. Um, you know, to to be able to do this podcast and and bring in the people that I've known for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels it feels so much different, and it feels closer. It feels better, and. I love that I have you and Danielle. You guys are part of this with the monthly review. You do the cameras. You also host, which you crush it. <laughs> so it's awesome. Oh God, yeah. So we know we need someone to fill in. We have such a solid team, but because it's very rare when I talk to people and they say, "Oh, how'd you? You know, who are these people?" I'm like, "Oh, I've known them all since like second, third grade." They're like, "What? Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone from second grade right now." Yep. Yep. You know, so I love being able to to keep connected with people I've known for a long time because it's so rare. Mm-hmm. But when you have that history, of people and you. What's good about that is, you know, there was time where we didn't talk for, all of us didn't see each other for years. Right. Long time. Mm-hmm. But then we reconnected and you you start to talk and you realize we've all gone through a little bit of life. Oh, yeah. We got some laugh on our belt and there's a lot of sim experiences. So you start to share and confide in your life. You're like, oh my God, so I'm not alone in what I was going through in my 20s and trying to figure out life and myself and some of the mistakes I made. It's like, oh, you, you went through that too? Isn't that crazy? Same thing, man. And then we talk, we're like, did you ever think when we were in second or third grade that we'd be sitting doing a podcast and talking about life and right. traveling and doing different stuff. It's right. just, it's kind of like blows your mind. You're like, wow, this is really cool. It's, it's insane. And I, I mean, to, to kind of take that a step further, I never thought I'd see you again. You right. know, like, right. I, I mean, you left and I didn't know where you went. It's, it's weird. It's almost like when you're in high school and somebody gets kicked out or whatever, if you don't have their number, they're gone. And yeah. they just disappear, yeah. you know? And I was, uh, I was a commuter. I was coming in from uh, Fontana. So I was you lived coming... in Fontana at the time? That's why I didn't have any friends, bro. No yeah. way. So my dad commuted. My dad and my mom, every day, what we did was we packed, we had a huge breakfast, drove to, you know, drove to school, and then every day we'd go to Costco and get hot dogs, pizzas, and chicken <laughs> bakes, bro, and chicken just eat that on every night. And I'd get home and just pass out. So I'd do my homework yeah. after, after school and daycare. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it was so crazy. Did you guys live in Fontana that whole time? Uh, yeah, my whole uh, elementary, dude. Yeah. What? My parents were hustling. They were just dry. Because, I mean, they got a, a beautiful house out there. Yeah, so. but I mean, what's cool about your, I, I've loved your family yeah. and your dad because he came from Africa and he still has his accent. Yeah, man. So it's so cool and unique, man, but yeah. he was always so kind. Yeah. Always. I had no idea you guys were commuting that far. So it's, it was, it's crazy to think about it and to yeah. think about how I would come from out of town and just come and just be there and then jet every day. Yeah. Just was never really. Well, know. it shows too, you know, you see this as much as we may have not agreed with a lot of things that we grew up with going right. there or, you know, even the students that were just jerks. But you can see, I can understand the sacrifice our parents were making because they wanted us to have a better education and a better, better future. Right. You know, you look at the time, you're like, man, this sucks. I'm going to private school. I hate it. But yeah. then you see, I can see why we didn't grow up a lot of money because they put all their money you know, at least my family, they put three sons in private school. Mm-hmm. You know, your dad's driving from Fontana to make sure you and your brother get a great education. Like, that's huge, man. Huge. That's love. Yeah. He's sacrificing and doing those drives to make sure you have a future. You know? Right. So I love it. I, I, that's beautiful. I still see it every day. Like, yeah. whenever I talk to him, I, I, I see the uh, how much um, gratitude I should have towards him for yeah. all that, all that. He tells me, you know, how parents do. You know, I put you through private school. <laughs> I've done everything for you. I know. Why don't you appreciate me? Oh, my, oh my <laughs> I God, Dad. I love you. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, yeah, man. And then what you uh, to your point about um, the school, like, when you – I've driven past, and I feel like it's similar to, like, when um, – I've seen your mom, obviously, since, you know, yeah. seeing your mom and your mom and dad 
had in high school or junior high. Yeah. And it's crazy, man. It's like the same thing as the school. Like I, when I saw her, I was like, Mrs. Fisher. Yeah. You're the same person. <laughs> I know. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your dad still, still like every time I saw him, it's kind of like that, that dad, uh, 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 that dad, like bravado feeling. Like oh, when yeah. I see, when I was younger and I his saw my dad. chest. Dude. Oh God. He's always pushing yeah. his chest oh, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> he's still the same way. And you talk about him doing pushups and setups, running, still surfing. He's, you know? he's a uh, man. What a, what an individual. Mm. He, um, I don't know the best way to put like how he is, um, but he, his love is different. He has a tough love, mm. but you know, he loves you. Yep. And the way he, he kind of did his life, it wasn't easy. He came from not much and his parents sacrificed everything for him. And they even put him through USC cash, mm. wow. but they lived in a tiny home in north long beach you know and so it, i could see how he raised us why he was the way he was but god the guy is so regimented and he always taught me be, to be goal oriented mm-hmm. you know make sure you have goals and you have things set and he he made he never gave us an allowance he every time we wanted money to go do something as kids you need to mow the lawn or you're gonna wash the cars you're gonna paint your room mm-hmm. or you're gonna paint the fence or the bars on the house and i can't tell you the amounts the, the, the amount of paint that is on the freaking fence and our bars and in our rooms. Oh, my God. Because if we needed money, we had to work for it. Yeah. And that's how he taught us, and I think that's where I got my drive mm-hmm. and why he and I butted heads a lot as a teenager in my early 20s. But I can see why because we're, we're very much alike as far as being very adventurous in our attitudes and everything. So you can have that kind of clash. But the more I grew up and matured and became an adult, I started understanding where he was coming from and what he was doing and the lessons he was trying to teach me. Mm. And I can see how that set myself up for success, even though sometimes I hated it. Yep. You know, it was that tough love. Yep. You know, a father is going to give you that tough love because he's trying to show you and teach you what real life is going to be about. It's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to work for everything. It's not handed to you. And he instilled that into us at such a young age. I mean, there's pictures at my parents' house of me and my brother, uh, all, both my brothers, Luke and Joel. And God, I think we're like seven or eight years old, and the lawnmower looks huge. We're just pushing it, dude. We're just going. <laughs> you sat there just snapping pictures, and you're like, "What the heck, dude? Like, what? We're little kids. We're gonna just use a lawnmower." Yep. But I learn. could, see, yeah, I see what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something. You know, I, I'm 36 now. Um, you know, I thought my life would turn out would be a little bit different. I think we all. I think it's probably for everybody because yeah. more people I say that to, I'm like, man, I thought my life would be different. I thought I'd have a family and a couple of kids by now. And they're like, well, I thought my life would be different. I thought I'd have this and be doing that. I'm thinking, okay, so I'm, I'm not alone in this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's the way my life has worked out has been good because the things that the lessons I've learned um, to the good and the bad have taught me a lot. And through that, my parents have always stayed by my side. Mm. My dad and my mom have always been super supportive, non-judgmental, always accepting to where, gosh, I could tell them some of the worst stuff and they're not phased. Like, okay, so, what are we going to do to work through this? Mm. You know, it was never coming down you or being crazy um, or what was you. It was like, okay, you here's where you were successful or, okay, here's where you messed up. Like, there's consequences. You're going to pay for them. We're going to be here for you. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure it out. It's going to suck for a little bit. Yep. But you're going to get through it, you know, and I want to be that type of father one day. You know, I, I hope I have kids by now, but it is what it is. I'm sure it'll come one day, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I strive, really do strive to be a man like him. You know, he may not have said, I love you as much. You know, it's just a different era, man. They're right. gritty and they were all about work, dude. Yep. 
Oh, he had me at 44. Wow. Yeah, dude, he was... I forget that. Yeah, man, I slipped by, bro. I slipped by. Let's go, dude. I was a a strong one. (laughs) (laughs) So it's... uh, it's cool because I, I, you know, there's still times like I'll go visit my parents. And I'm just like, oh, I got to get the hell out of here. Yep. You know, I, I got to go. <laughs> yep. Yep. But it's, you know, you love them. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's one of those things, too. You know, there's people I know that recently lost parents or whatever, and you can see the hurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember someone that I love very dearly told me the other night, like, hey, you should really always remain in contact with your parents because... Once they're gone, they're gone. Mm. You know, and that, that's a very special thing to have your mother and father around still, even though they may still annoy the, the crap out of you. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> I mean, but it is what it is. One thing you said on this podcast before, and I loved it, man. You said, uh, I feel like you're like a living quote machine, by the way. Um, you I said, read, bro. I love reading. Oh, I love reading. <laughs> it's love so reading. right. And I hated reading when I was younger. Same. But, oh, my God. Terrible student. Right. Terrible. Mm. <laughs> so I wasn't that bad. I was actually pretty good, but I hated books. Like I hated yeah. books unless I had to be in them, you know, to, yeah. to, for school. Well, it's like being, when you're forced to, um, read, mm-hmm. being forced to read, like it sucks. Yeah. You're kind of like, what the heck, man? Yeah. But when you pick up a book and it's something that you want to take on, you're interested in, whether it's fiction or science fiction, you know, nonfiction, whatever it may be, you read it. Yep. You like it. Like, oh, I'm actually kind of interested. And next thing you know, you just blew through a book in one day. Yep. Yep. You know, but you have to learn that about, which is amazing. Like being able to learn, um, what you like, then you don't have to be forced, you know, then you're like, Oh, okay. I can, again, gratitude. Like I have gratitude for the fact that I can even, you know, purchase this. I can even learn this. Learning is something that we should be, you know, grateful for. But anyways, that's a side thing. Um, I wanted to say your quote, um, not, it wasn't really a quote, but it was, what did you say? You said, um, they're just learning it just like we are every day They're as in speaking of our parents, they're learning the same thing and just like we are we're growing up trying to learn and your parents my parents we were all they were all just living life and not really knowing what they were doing yeah they were just growing yeah you know so what you're saying about your dad is 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 same for all of us i had the same situation you know my dad i had no idea what he was he would just do his thing beat my ass and, you know, <laughs> and my mom would you know get in their tag team you ready you know so right. yeah but that's what they that's what they knew you know, my dad coming from Nigeria. Oh, yeah. It was hard, man. Like, he oh, got yeah. here when he was 20, 21. Yeah. Met my mom. They had a rough, rough start. But mm-hmm. it was great. Like, they loved each other, you know. Uh, and then That's I- It's beautiful in its own way, though. It is. You know, to come from nothing, from another country. Yep. And I, I've noticed that people who come from different countries, example, your dad coming from- Where, where, where in Africa did he come from again? Uh, he came from Lagos. From, from Lagos, uh, Nigeria. Yes. Wow. You yes. know, how terrifying must that have been? To leave your home country, go to a, a new country where you know nobody, mm-hmm. and start over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people like that actually have appreciation for our freedoms. Oh yeah, and what we have, and that's why you see the you know people like that end up being very successful here because yep. they they hustle, they have a drive, dude. Yep. Um, and and that's one thing I think is lost a lot of times with you know our fellow Americans who are born here. They don't understand our freedoms and how good we have it. That you can literally be anything you want to be here yep it's how bad you want it are you willing to put in the time the sacrifice and fail over and over to get to where you want to go right you know and you see it every day and people it seems like nowadays people a lot a lot of handouts Mm -hmm. and like when i'm teaching at the college doing fire academy stuff and i i I tell them point blank you this job is not handed to you Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to work for every bit of everything you want not just in this job but in your life Mm -hmm. so when you come to this academy and let everything we teach you here not just go into your career, but your life. You have to work for it. 
nothing will be handed to you. Yep. And your reputation will precede you. You know, your character will, will precede you. Right. So do good by yourself, your family, and the people around you, even the people you don't like. That's the toughest part for me. There's yep. people I, mm, I'm human. Yeah, There's man. people I don't like, man. And it's it's in your job. It's with your friends or even family members. Yeah. That's a rough one sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, Ugh. Yeah. But the biggest thing I've learned is giving people respect if you don't like them because that starts to change people. You know, they may have an issue that you have no idea they're going through, which made them grumpy that day. Mm-hmm. And you just saying hi or being cool with them changes them. Right. You know, there's a guy, an instance I had a guy I worked with for a long time. Dang, I didn't like this dude. We did not like each other. And I just started being nice to him. Mm-hmm. And then I come to find out, you know, he was going through a divorce and some other stuff. And we just started talking. It's like, damn, dude, like, I'm here for you, whatever you need. Wow. Boom, change. Wow. Now, you just don't know what people are going through. You have no idea. And something that I've noticed, too, is everybody is going through something. Always. Oh, my gosh. Everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, even you look at social media. My goodness, it is the representative of people, right? Of our, It's our best self that's on there. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what's happening behind the scenes in those pictures. Yep. Another example. A friend of mine came up to me about a month ago. And my gosh, like the whole beginning of the year, pictures of his family, all this stuff, travel, beautiful home. He comes to me. He's like, bro, dude, I hate my life. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> he's like, you guys look great. He's like, yep. we're getting a divorce. I'm like, damn. Oh, my uh, God. Bro, are you okay? He's like... I don't know what to do, all this stuff. And and it, it dawned on me, I'm like, God, I thought, I was almost envious of this guy. Like, man, I can't wait to have a family one day and do what he's doing, all this stuff, not realizing he's dealing with a lot of heavy issues behind the scenes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and people just keep wanting to put this stuff up on social media. That's why I gotta say, man, like, social media is, it's like being rich in Monopoly. Mm-hmm. It means zero. Now, unless you're Kim Kardashian or The Rock and you're getting $2 million a post, right. hey, I get you. Right. You know, you got something to sell, you're doing your thing, but... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that I think put way too much up there. Oh, yeah. They share way too much of their private life and the things they're doing. Because honestly, you know, I don't care what you have for breakfast. Mm. Like, why are you putting a picture of it up there? Yeah. And it's like constant every day. Mm. I'm here today, this and that. Or people, I've noticed as people come to hang out or do things, and they'll come to an event or hang out with you just to get the picture to say they were there and bounce. That's so crazy. I hate that. What? I hate that, dude. Oh, my God, dude. It's so weird. It is. It's very weird. I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't know. Yeah, nobody cares. No. Yeah, I don't. No, you know? yeah. no. And people get wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. So wrapped up that they're losing relationships, their life, their family. They're they're getting in trouble at work. And yep. it's like, and it, you know, it's been shown, right? When you post a picture and you start getting those likes, you get that dopamine hit. Yeah, That's addictive. Exactly. So you want more. And I don't know if you know this. I've been off social media. Yeah, I have. The only thing I'm putting up is um, Let's Go Podcast. Exactly. I noticed that. And I can't begin to tell you the how refreshed I feel mm-hmm. to not even worry about it. Mm-hmm. It's like now it's, I have a, I have find a better focus because i'm not worried about okay i need to put a picture up every day and this and that i'm like man who cares right <laughs> it is what it is who cares right. yeah my, my success isn't determined by what cool picture i put up mm-hmm. you know uh, my life is i would say adventurous i do like to do a lot of things i love skydiving i just got into paragliding oh. uh, shout out brian pitts thanks yeah. man um so love surfing and surfing for me is something that i really really connect with mm-hmm. and i love doing and i don't I don't think pictures can capture what the ocean does for me and how I grew up with my dad mm-hmm. and what it meant to my father and what he taught me, you know, and how even he always taught me that the ocean is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. People will go there when they're sad. People will go there when they're happy. Mm-hmm. The best moment of their life, they're getting married. People go there to have fun and surf. Some just go to think, some go to read. But for everyone, it always puts you back to equal. Yep. Respect it. 
You know, it's, the ocean is huge, and it gives you perspective on your life. Right. When you go stand, and you have your bare feet in the sand, and you see the waves crashing, you don't have music in, there's nobody around, you see those waves coming, you see this big ocean in front of you. For me, sometimes it brings me back to Friday, like, you know what? My problems aren't as big as I think. I can get through this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. And then when I paddle out and surf, because I've been surfing since I was eight, mm. you know? That's crazy. And going out there, and as weird as it sounds, it's... It's fun. It's exciting when there's big waves. But some of my best days have been just small days, three to four feet, just surfing, hanging 10, surfing on my own. Or the other day, I went with a good friend, Matt. And we haven't surfed in probably five years together because he, he works up north. Mm. And he came down. And, dude, it felt like we were in high school kids That's again. so beautiful, We man. paddled out, and we timed it just right. It was during the week. It was a Wednesday. And, you know, everyone's working in a week. There was nobody out. Mm -hmm. It was like six feet. Yep. And it was just me and him. And we were out for probably about two hours. And, dude, I had a lot of things change in my life over the past couple months that were really tough for me. And to go out there for a couple hours with a friend from high school, we played football together, and he's a firefighter as well, and he's been dealing with stuff. And to just surf and smile and cheer each other on catching these waves and having fun, I feel like a kid again. Yeah. Oh, man, it was the most refreshing thing, and I felt at peace. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting out and thinking, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And there's things like, and I'll post pictures of me surfing. And it looks cool, mm -hmm. but nobody knows what it truly means for me. Mm -hmm. I guess something so special for me, and which is why I love. I hate California because mm -hmm. of politics and all the madness that's going on here. But I love what it offers me as far as the ocean, right? You know what it does for me, just in a very deep, deep spiritual manner, and what my dad taught me it is and the respect to have for this ocean, mm -hmm. and what I want to do with my kids and introduce them to the waves and learning how to swim in the surf and understanding currents and north swell versus a southwest swell and why we have you know certain reefs and why the waves will get bigger and not get bigger so you know i can go out and it's funny because when it gets big you know people are just standing on the shore i'll go out my longboard and matt and i we went surfing he's like man you remember that day we we're in huntington it was like 10 12 feet there was like three of us out. Everyone thought you were crazy on the longboard. Nice. They thought I was crazy until I caught that first wave and got barreled, Yay. dude. They're like, what? <laughs> but it's one of those things. You you, you learn to work with the, the right. waves, and I feel like that flows into our life. Mm -hmm. Things, they, they, you know, there's ebbs and flows, right? Ebbs and flows, Ebbs and baby. flows, and yeah. you got, it's almost like be like water. Mm -hmm. You just got to roll with the punches sometimes. Yep. Sometimes you're going to get a big wave, and you're going to crush it, and you're going to ride, and it's going to feel amazing. And sometimes a big wave is going to come, and it's going to wreck you. Oh, yeah. It's going to just flip you upside down, take you down to the bottom. Yep. You're going to feel like you can't get up and like you're drowning. And I remember my dad always telling me, when you wipe out, just relax. When the ocean seems like it's going to take you out, hold your breath and just relax. And when it's done turning you and flipping you upside down and all the badness underwater, get your orientation, figure out where you're at, and swim to the surface. Wow. And it's happened a few times where I'm like, man, I got held under pretty deep. Mm -hmm. I remember, just relax. And you're just getting pummeled, right? You're just like, oh, my God. You know, and you're just... I remember one time, I felt like I was doing, like, 10 cartwheels. I just kept going, dude. Just going, going, going. And wow. it finally stopped. And I was almost out of breath. I remember coming up out of the water. And you take that breath. You're like, oh, my God, I'm alive. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm good. But wow. there's so many metaphors that come with that. Yep. In which people just don't understand. Yeah. You know? And it, that's why I say, like, growing up that way has taught me so much about dealing with life and myself and my own issues, you know? So that's why... 
Ocean Man. I, I love it. I love it, dude. I love it, man. You know, it's funny. What, as you were talking, I was thinking a couple of different things. I was thinking how, like, right after, around the time when you, when you, when we connected, I started going to the beach again just to put my feet in the sand. And yeah. you literally just said that. Yeah. And it's, and then just going in the water and just dunking in. And I would just do that and a rush, bro. Yeah. Like, it's just, just, just cold and uh, the adrenaline. Is insane, and I would go and go to the gym and just put up weight, you know, <laughs> just just because of that. And I was like, ah, oh my god, yeah, yeah, dude, it was amazing, <laughs> amazing, man. Yeah. So like, it was, it's just so dope, like the uh, how the ocean and nature brings us back to center, yeah, you know, and it teaches us really to be still. Oh know? my gosh, yeah, yeah, it's very well it's said, so crazy, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. And then I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's called Moonlight, um, and uh, the beginning of it started with it starts with this kid. And it, it just, it reminded me of you know, like your dad and you. And this kid had a hard upbringing. His mom was a crackhead. And what happened was he, um, this guy, some random guy found him in a crack house. And he was like, hey man, like what are you doing? And he tried to connect with him, right? Mm. He took him to the ocean. And he basically, he would just go out to the ocean and just jump in the water. He took the kid to the ocean. And the kid was like, oh my God, like what are we doing? Yeah. And he just, he just put him in the ocean. And he said, relax, be still, lay on your back and just breathe. Right. And he taught him like just to float. And every part of that movie, not every part, I'm sorry, uh, every, I don't know, uh, 20, 30 minutes, ocean, ocean, ocean. And he would just be in the ocean or he would be at the beach or something. And it was dope because it was in the hood too. And it was in uh, Florida. And Mm. so, of course, I mean, you know, a lot of black people don't go to the beach. You know, I can't spend. It's okay. It's okay. This half black guy does. So let's go. Exactly. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. You know, so he took him to the beach and he just, he he got him acclimated to the water. Yeah. And you know, that is so amazing when you have that, that backbone to be like, hey, it's going to be cool. Your dad. Hey, it's going to be fine. The waves are going to do this to you. Whatever nature in general is going to do this to you. Being in the forest, being, you know, jumping out of a plane, uh, the wind's going to toss you wherever it wants to. Yeah. Just be, just be still. Yeah. Being outside, I remember, you know, going to my therapist and I tell her about things I do and she's like, Tim, it's so good that you are outdoors all the time. There's nothing that's going to center you more than being outside. She's like, well, what do you do when you're stressed? Like, well, you know, usually when I come home from work, like being on shift, I get home in the morning. The first thing I do is I have to either surf. If there's no surf, I'm going to go for a long run, a trail run, mm-hmm. or I'm going to go mountain bike or cycle. Dope. And that's that time for me to like, okay, I've had a stressful, you know, 24 hours working on a shift, but here's my time to kind of get out, no music, and just work, mm-hmm. work out and pump it out and get hard. It's almost like being out there. You just kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it gets your head straight. Yeah, it really you does. start getting out, you know, moving and doing stuff in nature. If I can ever tell people who are stressed with work or life changes and things happening, get outside, mm-hmm. disconnect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disconnect is the best way you can do it. Yeah. Get away from your phone, your computers, your TV. I just went up North, you know, we did the, the, uh, Gold Coast country fest, but I, we did that coming back from camping, yeah. took the RV out. And now we were like, you know what? Let's, let's not watch any movies. Mm. Let's just play cards and let's just go out and walk on the beach and surf and hike. And I can't tell you how refreshing it was to be disconnected from all electronics mm. and just hang mm-hmm. and how beautiful it was to walk on the beach. And I remember my therapist is saying, she's like, you need to watch sunrises and sunsets. It's very healthy for you. And being on the beach and seeing after surfing all day, you're like, you just, not sunburn, but you know how you have that feeling of being crisp from the sun. Yeah. I can smell the wetsuit still. And you're walking on the beach, and there's no one around, and you're seeing the sun go down into the ocean, and it's just like, man, what a life. Yeah. 
I can't believe I get to do all this. As hard as things may be for me, at least right now, and how difficult change is. And, you know, everyone's going through that. It's like, okay, this sun's setting. Tomorrow I have a new day to do better, try harder, and make a fresh start. Yes. Every day is a fresh start for everyone. Yes. I absolutely believe that. Yes. You know? I love it. It's funny because uh, how you mentioned that because uh, it's like sunrise and sunset. It, it's almost like it teaches you how to breathe as well, you mm-hmm. know, because what else are you going to do there? You know, you have to just uh, – the same thing with the running, same thing with the with, with cycling, uh, uh, surfing. You have to learn how to, how to control your breathing. Yeah. You know, and I mean you know that better than anybody else. But one thing that is, is actually kind of funny is – uh, uh, Jordan and I talk about this all the time uh, about you. Oh, uh, boy. So me and Jordan put up weight. You know, <laughs> we, we we go on our, our one and two mile, you know, little things. You, I'll tell you, you guys are strong dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the, okay. How many miles? How many miles are you doing on a on an average trail run? Uh, my average. Oh man. Exactly. You got to count them on like yeah. uh, fingers well, and toes. I, so where I go go where I go run. <laughs> Thank you for that camera operator. Um, <laughs> I go around a place called Crystal Cove. So I, Beautiful. We live down here in Southern California. We're in Long Beach. Um, and, you know, for me, there's not a lot of trails out here. So I got to drive. And, they, you know, so, for, so everyone knows Crystal Cove is, um, Crystal Cove is like between Newport and Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful because it goes right down to the ocean, but it goes way back mm-hmm. all the way to the five freeway. Passes the toll road, all that stuff. So, you know, your trail running or mountain biking or hiking, it's endless there. Mm. And I've been going there for 10 plus years. And oh, there's wow. still trails that I haven't hit. Oh, wow. There's a lot that. back there. Okay. A lot. Wow. A lot. So I have different loops. I have a four, a f- you know, I have a, a four-mile loop. I have a six, seven. Then I have a 12. I have a 26. Jesus. Yeah, and I have a 30-mile one. What? So, yeah. <laughs> well, here's a trick, though. With, with trail running... It's not uh, – people don't understand um, – for my trail running friends out there, hey. you understand this. You guys are amazing. But you're not running the entire time. Mm. You're trying to extend your endurance to go the entire time. Mm. So the strategy is you cruise in the flats, you hike the uphill, and you mm. catch up speed in the downhill to make okay. up time. So it says run, walk, run, walk, run, walk. Yeah. So you can actually go farther. But my goodness, your legs are, especially the downhill, your quads, man. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, so my usual one is, is usually 13 miles. 13 miles. It's 13 miles with about 1,800 feet of climbing. 1,800 feet. 1,800 Let's feet go. Climbing. That yeah, is insane. Yeah, I love it. Wow. I love it. But like you had to get to, what's funny is I, I've been in, I've done, you know, little low-key endurance thing. Shout out, Jordan. Um, <laughs> yeah, low-key, you know, like three or four miles. I think my longest run ever was seven. Um, so, I mean, that that was fine. But I didn't, it was like a straight run. This, I like this because it's teaching you how to continue to extend yourself. Yes. At the same time, um, what got you to that point where, you know, okay, you're doing three. And why do five? Why do seven? Why do more, huh? Why do 13? I get this 30. question so often sometimes. Why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's dope. It, I love it. But why? Um, I, I'm built different. I'm, I'm built different. <laughs> <laughs> Peasants. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I like experiences. I, I love doing things and meeting people, but I also like to push myself to see how far I can go. Mm. And I think for me, I get bored really quick. Mm. I get antsy. I can't sit around home and watch TV. That's mm. just not me. And I'll late at night, yeah, I'll throw something on, but typically I'll fall asleep, whatever. Right. But 
I remember doing, I started out doing like half marathons. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, and I was cycling at the time. I was doing triathlons. Mm. And I remember talking to some guys, you know, oh, you know, we're going to do, I think it was the Long Beach Marathon. I'm like, cool, I'll do the Long Beach Marathon. So I did the Long Beach Marathon. Um, decent time. I think I, I kept like a 10 minute mile. I wasn't, you know, I'm not out here to win. Yeah. I just yeah. want to finish strong and, and feel good. Nice. I remember these people were talking like, oh, have you heard of these ultra marathons? Like, you can't do it. There's no way you can do that. This and that. And I remember thinking, nope. I'll show you guys. Exactly. And I've always been that way because when we grew up, at least when we were in high school, I was picked on a lot, dude. Mm, same. I, that's one thing, you know, I don't want to talk too much trash on that school, but there, the, <laughs> so that's much. one thing. Yeah. That's one thing I didn't like, you know, me and me, my brother Luke is that we, we were late bloomers mm. and kids can be mean, man. Oh yeah. And those are such formative years and that, that stuck with me for a long time. Um, I remember getting in fights from my brother Luke and he was a great older than me mm. trying to defend him, you know, and being pulled out of that school, the best thing that ever happened to us. We went to another school called Liberty Christian and we just thrived. Dope. But that time in my life, I remember thinking, screw these people. When I am an adult, I'm going to show them mm -hmm. that I can be something. I'm going to be better than all of them. No, I think that's good, but it's also bad in a way. Yeah. Because now sometimes I push myself too far. Yeah, you got a chip on your shoulder, bro. Yeah, yeah. right? You're just yeah. like, you're trying to prove something, but it's like, who are you trying to prove it to, really? Right. Does anybody really care? Right. You know? And that's something I had to learn through my 20s, even to now. Mm -hmm. So when I hear something like, you can't do that, I'm always like, hmm, okay. Yeah. I'll show you what I can do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, you probably know me, but I'll never boast about what I'm going for. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. I was going to say, yeah, just do it. I just put in the work and the time. And next thing you know, I'll post, hey, I just did a 50-mile race. What We're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. When? <laughs> so, it, but it's like, I really enjoy figuring out where my limits are. And, you know, the human body is very interesting and very strong. And, you know, for those who have spirituality or faith or whatever you believe in, I, you believe whatever you want. I accept everybody. I don't care. But for me as a believer... You know, I know that God created us and that's what I believe. And I know he created our bodies to be so amazing and strong. And really, our, we can do a lot, almost anything, but it's, it's in your head that you have to convince yourself. Yep. So when I'm doing these runs, and a lot of people don't understand, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. You can. You still have to put in the time and the work and the running, but the hardest part is the mental. Yeah. The mental endurance, because I can't begin to tell you the longest run I ever did was 62 miles. 62 miles. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I got third place. Third place? Yeah. What? I finished. I didn't know that. Yeah, I finished. And I was so wiped out. Oh, yeah. Just Duh. mentally, physically, I was all zoned out. I finished. So I was like, yeah, great. Oh, my God, dude. I picked up my bag, you know, with all my stuff, and, and I put it away. And I was um, I was going to my car, and I was, like, limping. You were going like, to drive? Yeah. I was like, well, I got to drive home. So what? it is what it is. And the lady came around. She's like, Tim, 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 this is yours. Because those runs are so long. You start before the sun rises, and you end well after the sun rises. Oh, my You're God. You're running all day. Wow. You know, and these, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a niche, like, sport you, yeah. you don't get these thousands and thousands of people like you see at 5k's 10k's right. half marathon full marathon you 300 people yeah maybe yeah less 200 wow you know when i was doing it back you know 2013 40 15 and, and um, i haven't done a race in a bit but it was even smaller than 100 mm. maybe 60 when i did the 62 mile run there was probably 50 of us and only oh my god 12 of us finished what? Yeah. Wait, how, okay. How many again started the race? It was like 50 and 12 50 of us finished. And 12 finished. Yeah. And you got third yeah. in the 12. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And I, I had no idea where I was at in the standings because 
by the time night comes, you don't know where you're, you're just following the trail. <laughs> like, you're just going. You're just. I remember thinking like, no matter how bad this pain is, you got to keep running. Yeah. You have to prove to yourself that you can do this. Yeah. Because if you can do this, you can do 100 miles. There you know, you it's like yeah. the more I can prove to myself that I can grit my teeth and get through this pain and get to the mental portion of this, the more I know, like, I can make it through any problem or issue in my life. Like, I can Anything. do this. And I remember finishing, and I was just like, man, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> why did I They gave this? me a banana. You know, <laughs> I was like, did, that's all I get? Like, come on, you guys. Like, I just felt like I conquered the world. You did, bro. Light-skinned-ass David yeah. Goggins. Light-skinned <laughs> yeah. David Goggins, Oh, dude, man. He's, another, he's on another level, but yeah, it's bro. uh. I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain to people why you know you can't teach motivation. No, you ha- it's something you somebody has to have within them. Mm-hmm. You got to be motivated to want to do stuff, and that even goes in doing this podcast, the businesses that I have, or even in my career and work, relationships, family. You have to be motivated to want to do something mm-hmm. because it's innate in all of us to just be freaking lazy. I can't tell you how many days I wake up I'm like I don't want to do anything today, yeah. and I have to sit there and convince myself like, dude, you need to run or you need to go cycle you need to go surf and you know you're not always going to have that mountaintop feeling yeah i'm gonna get out you know you go to the gym and cool let's pump it out there's yep. days where i'm sure you don't want to go to the gym of you're course. just like dude oh, why am i doing this but when you get done mm. my god you feel so much better it's amazing you get those positive endorphins going and you're feeling good so and i always think that's that's when everything counts the most in everything that we're working in in our lives in our careers relationships um or side projects, or whatever it is, it's not when you feel good and then you want to do it. It's when you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's when you're just like, you want to sit around all day, you want to eat some freaking Cheetos and watch TV. And it's like, ah, I need to make the decision that I'm uncomfortable right now. I have low motivation. I don't want to do anything, but I make the conscious choice to put my freaking gear on and go work out. Right. That's where you separate, I'll say it, men from the boys. Exactly. From professionals to the mediocre. Exactly. Right? It's people who always put in the work just enough just to get by and go home. Mm-hmm. Then you have the people who put in work, but they do more behind the scenes that no one knows about. Right. And they're like, well, how is he so successful in doing all this? It's like, people don't understand. Like, they'll see our podcast. This is great. And they come as professional and all this stuff. But you, they have no idea the work that we do behind the scenes to get this going. The editing, the you know, recording, getting stuff set up. Some things don't work sometimes. You got to figure it out, you know? Yep. And it, it's like, it just doesn't happen. You have to put the work in. Oh, yeah. It's not instant success. Oh, yeah. And I, I see that all the time. A lot of people, they'll ask me, hey, oh, my God, like, how'd you start this? How'd you get into that? What are you doing? And you start telling them the work you put in. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how many people, that's too much work. I don't want to do it. Oh, uh, come on. That was like, well, come then did live your life, dude. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's on you. Right. So all I have to say, it, you know, doing these runs, <clears throat> even when I'm cycling, like the long, I think I did a 200 mile. Um, oh, my God. I cycled 200 miles. Um, oh. It was, what was it called? It was in Solvang. Ugh. Oh, dude! Ugh. This what little like Dutch that? town. Ugh. I think it was it was May. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, and it's just again, it was like I had ridden, I had cycled a hundred miles, and I'm thinking, mm, let's do two hundred. See how what it do goes. you mean? Mm, what? Yeah, and I remember I hit the hundred, and like we're still going. I was thinking, yep. Oh my god. Yeah. I got another five hours of cycling to go. <laughs> like, what did I get myself into, dude? Yep. Your crotch is all raw. Like, yep. God, dude. Oh my god. But it's, I don't know, there's something for me, I, I feel most alive when I'm pushing myself, mm-hmm. when I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out my limits and where I can go and what I can do, because we have one shot. The reality is our lives is, is it's a one, one go thing. Yeah. You don't get multiple lives. You don't get to do redos and do it over again. Yep. You got one body, you got one life. What are you going to do with it? Yep. Do well with it. Right. You know, how, what do you want to, you know, what's the best way to work around this without offending people, but 
You're going to offend people. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be a person who's out of shape and always complains about being overweight, you're not healthy, and with weight and being unhealthy comes more medical issues mm-hmm. and problems? And I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Even with people I've known for my whole life that are same age, and you look, you're like, dang, dude, you're like, oh, like what yeah. happened, you know? Yep. Um, and there could be medical issues or something else behind it, but I mean, you're... I've always learned that it's your body, mind, and soul. It's all three together, mm-hmm. and you want them all three on point. Mm-hmm. If I'm not on physically, I won't be on spiritually. If I'm on spiritually, I won't be on physically. You know, f- you know, body, mind, and soul. It's like if if my spiritual, my mind, and my body, it, they all need to be connected somehow. And that's why getting out and running for me somehow that connects all of them. The great equalizer. Oh, it is. It totally is. And surfing and and, and doing these physical endurance races because there's so much in my head that I can work through just being in silence, mm. not listening to music and just hearing my feet, hearing the rhythm of my feet mm-hmm. hit the ground mm-hmm. over and over. And you're hearing and you're getting your breathing in, in rhythm. Mm-hmm. You're getting everything in tune and you're feeling that earth beneath your feet. It's the same with surfing, the timing of getting in a wave and paddling correctly to standing up just right. And I longboard. I love longboarding because I feel like it's art. Mm-hmm. You see people walking up and down the board, you're hanging 10, you're That's doing so things and then you're just getting back into the wave. Wow. And even in cycling, hearing the cadence, hearing that, hearing the spin of my chain and, and going, you know, you just like, you start getting this rhythm. And next you know, you're like, holy crap, I'm 50 miles in right yeah, now, you know? And yeah. the problems, again, it's to me, it's, it's the, the things that I think are issues and hard for me and that, that are just terrible. I'm like, man, this sucks. Why me? How is this going on? And I go, ah, you know what? It ain't that bad. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know, there's something about it just makes me feel better. So that's, for me, doing all these sports and even skydiving, it's just... Gosh, it's it's amazing, not just how far you can push yourself, what you can do, but the people you meet. Mm. When I do these the endurance runs or cycling, even Scott, I've, I've met some of the most amazing people from around the world. Wow. You just bump into them, dude. One of the 50-mile runs, I bumped into um, this doctor. Mm-hmm. He's a surgeon. And we, I would have no, not known, no idea. We were running for an hour with each other. It was the Catalina 50-miler. Mm. Okay. And we just started talking. And the next thing I was like, yeah, I'm a doctor. I do this. Still keep in contact with this guy's day. Wow. Yeah, he, yeah. he's rich. Yeah. He's over here. Yeah. But you start hearing his story. Yeah. You start talking. And there's something about running and being out there and knowing that each other are pushing. You start opening up. You start talking. Yep. And even a guy who's probably way more successful than I, successful than I am, my God, he's got issues. Mm-hmm. And he's got more than I got. Yep. You start, you start hearing. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you're wealthy or not. Everyone is going through something. Right. Everyone's trying to figure out why. Why am I, what's my purpose of being on this freaking speck of dirt floating through space and time? What am I doing? Yep. What am I here for? And I think a lot of that too, for me, starting out was searching. Mm. You know, we, for me, at least our parents, right? Mm. It was go to school, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get your four degree, you get, you know, you get a good job, whatever you think a good job is. And you get married, you have, you know, your 3.5 kids, mm. right? They go up, they grow up you have grandkids. It's cool. Life's over. Mm. And I remember, you know, doing all that, at least for me, I didn't go to college. Um, I finished college like three years ago, finally. Took hey, bro. 13 year plan, baby. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can get that master soon. Yeah. 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 But I remember getting into my career as a firefighter, even, you know, doing music for a moment and getting home and you start, you know, you're acquiring things and it's like, cool. Okay. I'm living this American dream. I got a job and you're doing it. And I remember like five years in, I kind of hit a plateau thinking, this is it. Mm-hmm. So this is this is what everyone's making a big deal about, and this is not to downgrade being successful or having a career, being a firefighter, whatever it is. But I still had the same problems. I still had the same issues. 
I still wasn't satisfied in certain areas of my life. I still wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like even doing some of these endurance things, it's this search for what's my purpose? Yeah. How far can I push myself and why? What am I here for? You know, that's something I think in the recent years that I've really come to acknowledge of being here on this earth and who I am and acknowledgement of self. I've been listening to this book. God, I can't remember. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine, she's a female firefighter, Christina. She, she recommended it to me, but I've been listening on audible because mm. uh, I'm always driving, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm hustling, right? I'm always all over the place. So if I can't read, I'll put the book on audible and I'll start where, wherever I left off reading. Nice. Right. Nice. But it was, it was coming, it was talking about like, um, your self-awareness and taking control of who you are and your thoughts and transcendence of to transcend self is not you know being so big on your victories and your wins but working on the issues you have with yourself and your problems and acknowledging them and speaking them out loud because he was talking about you have voice you know we all have our brain Mm -hmm. and our brain speaks to it it's always it's it's moving yep and he calls you your roommate. Mm. You have to take control of your roommate because the mind is a powerful thing. Oh, yeah. So how are you going to do that? You can't let your roommate dictate what you – you have to control what's happening. Mm. You need to fix your problems. You need to figure out where can I do better? Where am I lacking? What can I do better? Because everyone's always going to post their victories and celebrations. Right. No one's going to post their problems. Dude. Right. No one's going to put that up. Nobody – we all have skeletons. Yep. No one wants to put that out there. What are you going to do with that skeleton? Mm-hmm. Are you going to let that thing live inside your body or you can get that out of you? Yeah. So – it's learning to transcend self and be self-aware and realize, at least for me, the most fulfilled I've ever been. I'll just say this. Any decision I've made based off money, I've been not happy. Mm. I've made, in my life, I've been able to make lots of money. And I've not had a lot of money. And each time, I was still the same. Yep. I was still unhappy. And the most fulfilled I've always felt in my life was doing things for others. Mm. And I'm not saying paying medical bills for somebody or something huge and grand. It's meeting up with a friend who's going through a hard time and just listening to him. Yeah. Talking to him, right? Cause we're human. We want connection. That's how we're made. We're not made to be alone. Mm-hmm. We're made to connect with people. Excuse me. And so when I have that human connection with people, which is why I like doing the podcast or meeting people, I feel alive and I'm thriving cause I'm hearing their story. I'm listening to them. I'm letting them be heard. I want them to know, you know what? You may think you're nobody, but you're still important to someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to listen to you. You're important to me now. So talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think that happens a lot with a lot of people. It doesn't. It really doesn't. That the art of the conversation is gone. And the weird thing is, Connie, I don't know if it's just SoCal, but everyone feels like they need to give you your opinion. Yeah. Oh or give God. you their opinion. You're just like, right. I didn't ask you your opinion. Yeah. And I've learned that just listening to somebody and letting them talk means the world to them. Mm-hmm. It's meant the world to me with people that I know. You know, so having that human connection, people and doing it, just buying lunch with them, hanging out with them, taking them surfing, little things, connecting with them, um, telling them, at least if you trust them, I always tell people that, be careful who you tell your problems to because our world loves drama. Oh, yeah. People love to overshare and share your stuff and make you look bad. But if you know someone you can trust, open up, talk to them. Mm-hmm. You'll start to realize that a lot of things that we're going through are similar with people. Right. We're all struggling. Mm-hmm. We're all having a problem. How do we get through this? How do we get through it together? I know what it feels like to to feel like an outcast and be alone. And I hate when people feel that way. Mm. I love making people feel like they're known. So when I go and meet people or you're hanging out, let's say like, you know, a gathering or a party or a wedding, whatever it is, I try to find a person who no one's talking to. Mm. And I just talk to them. 
I like that. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you make them feel like, hey, you're part of it. I hate when people feel left out. I don't want people to feel it because I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot of mistakes as far as for myself. You know, I've learned that when I'm going through hard times, whether it's with family and relationship or just life, I have a real big tendency to seclude myself mm-hmm. and disappear. And it's wrong. It's so bad because you can go to such a dark place. Yep. In a dark place, you can make bad decisions, mm-hmm. really bad. And I've seen it with friends, and unfortunately, they've they made a permanent decision for a temporary problem. Mm-hmm. And I could see where you can get to that. I've had immense amounts of emotional pain with, you know, brother's death, divorce, relationships not working, whatever it may be in private life, or being backstabbed by some, whatever it is. Um, and you know, to to. Uh, God, it's hard to talk about this and not get emotional, but yeah, I remember those days because I can see where some of my friends have gone mm-hmm. and why they could go down that route and never come back. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're at a funeral and it's just sad. You're like, God, and it makes you feel like I should have called them. Right. What could I have done better? Right. You know, so it's, I've had to learn to really let's pull my head on my butt. Mm-hmm. And when I don't want to get up and go surf, I force myself to go. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I'm not feeling good, or I'm in a bad, sad state, get up and go for a walk. Get outside and get the sunshine on your face. Call somebody and talk to them. Yep. Talking to somebody and being a true friend to someone is is worth its weight in gold. It's almost priceless. Yeah, it is. You know, mm. you, you can't... The things we have in our life, it's great to, have, to be successful and have possessions, and mm. big home, whatever you think is success. And if people don't know that, know this yet, you ain't taking that with you. Nope. None of that is going with you when you're out of here. We all have a beginning date. We all have an end date. Mm -hmm. You are not going, no one's leaving this earth alive. Yep. And it's just reality. If you can't accept that yet, like you better start learning. Right. And that's something that, you know, you start grasping. You're like, okay, so what am I going to do with this time? What am I going to do? What what, what am I going to do with my life? Instead of being, I need more money. I need to be more successful. What can I do for my friends and my family to, to empower each other, Mm -hmm. to push each other? And that's where I've seen my life grow and the more fulfillment and joy in my life has been just with people and my family. Right. You know, because to me, those are the things you're going to take with you into eternity. Yes. You know, that how you impact the life that's next to you. We, you. To change the world, you don't have to be some big musician and write a crazy song or film the number one movie or have the best business out there. You know, it starts with the people next to you is what I've learned. Right. If you start impacting one life next to you just by the little things. It has that ripple effect, you know? It starts affecting more people. You don't know who they're going to change and what they're going to do for others. And it all could be just from you saying hi to someone and just hearing them out. Yep. You just don't know. Yep. You know, and I, I, our world is, uh, we're in an interesting time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially with social media and people, you feel like you're connected, but you're not. Mm-hmm. How many, I can't tell me how many times people, <laughs> like, since I don't put anything on social media anymore, I'm not worried about it. Hey, man, what are you doing? I haven't been able to keep up with you. We, we, so you keep up with me through social media? You never yeah. call? You haven't called me in five years. Exactly. What are you talking about? Yep. You know, the connection isn't through your phone and looking at an Instagram or your Facebook post. Your connection is picking your phone up and calling them. Mm-hmm. How are you? What's going on? I haven't seen in a while. Are you good? What's going on? Right. Right? right? How many times have you called someone, they don't answer, and you text them and they fire right back? Uh, oh, my uh, God, Sam. I've done that. Dude, I want to throw my phone. <laughs> yeah. I just want to just chuck it across the room. Like, you can't just pick up your phone pick and talk to phone. me. Yeah, That's nice. what I say. It's like the art of the conversation and connection in life, it's being lost because of social media and the internet. Yep. 
It is. That's why I tell you, get off your phone. It is. Talk to somebody. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get to them, man. It is. You it's know? crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny that you you said something. You said a ripple. And uh, I wanted to point out the fact that this podcast has been my ripple. Yeah. You have been that, you know, you put your finger in that water and that ripple just went, you mm. know, and, and my life was because, yeah, man, I in high school, I junior high, elementary, I was that one that just felt like I couldn't act, you know, and because everything I, I just felt negativity, you yeah. know, so I would just retreat yeah. and retreat. And yeah. then I've been doing that, like a lot, even with my family, mostly with my family, which is really sad to say, just retreating constantly, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like certain people get in my life and I'm like, wow, gratitude, this is dope. You know, somebody loves me. And then yeah. I retreat again, you know? And when you called me for this podcast instantly, I wanted to retreat. I actually did. Um, you you know, did take a little bit to respond. You're like, well, I, let me think about it. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, shoot, I got to find like, somebody else. Yeah, you're like, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, man. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, well, I did. It's easy. It's one hour a week, whatever. Uh, but, but it, well, no, I'm just talking about the, the initial podcast, like my podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I didn't yeah. even want to talk about myself or talk in general. Yeah. You know, and we hadn't spoken in a while. You know, we mm-hmm. met up, we met up with a friend and it was dope, you know? So that connection, that initial connection was amazing. But then I think after that, I was like, I was still a little timid, yeah. you know, but then the, just the way you were, man. And just, I mean, you know, we we're talking about uh, social media and social, I saw, I saw how, like, how active you were yeah. and that, and then the whole podcast, man, really got me thinking like, what are you doing? Like, why are you retreating? What's mm. the, what's, what's the, uh, there, there, there literally is no purpose, no forward movement yeah. off of that retreat, yeah. you know? And that was my problem. So yeah. Dude, I, I never would have thought I'd be doing this or the cameras or going with you to a country music festival to record. <laughs> what the hell? I never thought I'd go to a country music festival. Period. Right. Yeah, I was you like, know? what am I doing here? Why are we here? But it was so much fun. It was. Dude, talking to all those people yeah. and the politicians and stuff, it just, God, talking with the people, it's so cool, man. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy doing this a lot, man. Hearing people's stories, it's actually encouraged me. And even the guests that we've had on this podcast, once they start opening up, you're like, wait, what? Right. I had no idea you were dealing with that. No a lot idea. of these people I've known, Oh yeah. you know, but then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like I had no idea. Keep going. Like what's going on? Yeah, what the hell? Keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. I, I don't know. Man. I feel that about you and Jordan, yeah. you know, and it's, it's really ironic how like we'll talk in the kitchen. We'll talk at dinner. We'll do whatever we do, but jumping on here, it's almost like we open up. Um, mm. you open up and I get to hear your story every time we're on the podcast. Yeah. It's something different, something that I've never heard before, yeah. you know, and it just gives me more and more gratitude for you being that person, you and Jordan and being those people to communicate with me and create that ripple that has, you know, allowed me to come out of whatever shell I've been in, yeah. you know? So uh, yeah, man, I just, I think it's beautiful. Um, and I love it. I love it. Um, we have a few minutes left and I wanted to ask you yeah. what is, um, well, first of all, if you could change your life, what would you change, if anything? Oh, man. Like, immediately? Immediately, yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. If I could change anything. Like, today. Oh, that's a good question, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I have a whole list. No, it's I'm just hard, kidding. Uh, it's no, hard, no, 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 no. Um, if I could change anything, I think, for me, it would be... Uh, it would be how I, you know, at least how I handle things for myself emotionally. Mm. I think I'm my own worst enemy. <laughs> Please, bro. Oh, dude. Please. I, oh, my God. Of anything, I will beat myself up. And if I wish I, for me, if I could change anything, I wish I had more mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. I wish I was mentally stronger. And that's something hard to admit. 
Because a lot of people think, you know, you just, you got it all going on. It's like, man, I don't got it all going on. I just try everything. Right. I, I try <laughs> I just hard. go for it. <laughs> yeah, man. If I could change anything, dude, I, I wish I could somehow have learned to be mentally, like emotionally mm-hmm. stronger. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of my weakest link. Mm-hmm. When I go through a really hard time emotionally, it crumbles me. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's difficult. And you just feel like your world is, is ending. And you start going in these, like, again, these dark places. And But it, it takes people like our podcast crew or your family, your friends, or your loved one, the person you're seeing to pull your head out of your butt and get right. you going again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the emotional fortitude part is it's just, it's so hard. And I, you know, going through therapy, I started realizing it's a lot of it's linked back to my childhood and actually my brother's death. Yes. And that happening at such a young age, at 17, you know, you I always say that's 17 years old is when I became an adult. Mm. You know, a lot was taken from me. Mm-hmm. And it was an accident, you know, it's an accident, a car accident, but it's like someone you grew up with for 17 years was immediately ripped from your life. Right. There was no goodbye. There's nothing. You saw them leave, and the next day they're deceased. You have a sheriff coming to your door saying you need to go claim their body at the San Bernardino County uh, Coroner's Office. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, mm-hmm. I just saw him like eight hours ago. What are you talking about? Right. You know, to a week later, now he's in a casket and we're having a funeral and it's just, it's mind blowing. How do you handle that at 17? You know, how do, how, you know, I love my parents, but how do they handle as parents? How do they handle their son dying? Now they handle their children dealing with a brother, their sibling dying. And you still have one who's in high school, which was me, you know, again, formative years. Yeah. And it was like, as soon as he's buried, it's like, okay, well, you got to go back to school, live life. You're going to be 18 soon. Boom. College, start life. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, I never dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Never. And I didn't realize how much of that was stemming into my life when I was dealing with emotional problems. Right. It was like the world was ending. Mm-hmm. And that's what it felt like when my brother passed. And it was because I have never dealt with that. Those issues never got worked out. It just stayed hidden deep within the chambers of my heart. And it's like, man, now at 36 years old, you know, I start, the reality is I think everyone should start going to therapy. It's healthy. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's helped me so much. And, you know, the... The therapist starts talking to you, realizing, like, look, you got this, she calls it like these three problems, you know, and when something happens, you need to learn to separate that specific event from a traumatic event in your life when you were young, mm-hmm. that you're letting your emotions spill from that into something else, which is making this new issue a thousand times worse, you know, and it's hard. How do you do that as an adult right. in your head and your right? Man, I'll tell people, I would rather go run 50 miles cycle across the u.s that have to deal with emotional problems oh yeah it is very hard but it's taught me to talk mm-hmm. it's taught me that you know what being working through those emotions even as a man if you want to cry let it go yeah i saw this great quote it's like tears or when it, tears falling from your eyes is just the overflow of the emotions in your heart you have to let it go yep don't bury it if you're angry be angry talk about it. now don't go beat somebody up right you know, and when you're happy, be happy. Mm-hmm. Work through every part of those emotions. There's a, there's like this, what do they call it? There's a grieving process to anything. Right. Go through those emotions. Don't hide them. Mm-hmm. Don't tuck them away because all you're going to do is bring that back up into another relationship, another issue at work, another issue with family. And the thing I learned too, you know, dealing with these type of issues is in order to get somewhere, you have to leave something behind. In order to get to where you want to go, you have to leave something behind. Now, yeah, whether that is letting go of an issue and forgiveness, and I, I have tried to preach this a lot because I've had to practice it throughout my entire life, and I've, I've wanted it. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to forgive people because it's not for the person, it's for you. Mm-hmm. 
you got to be able to forgive them. Forgive doesn't mean like, okay, now everything's, you forget. No. But if you start harboring those feelings and those issues, again, it's going to spill into your life. It's going to start changing you. I don't want to be changed. I like being happy. I like having peace in my life. You can't put a price tag on having peace in your life, man. Mm -hmm. There's so many troubles out there within this country, this world, our families, everything. And to have peace in your, your home and your relationship and with people, my goodness, is priceless. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I've always learned, I've been working on that. Okay, if I want to get to here, what do I need to let go? Mm. What do I need to leave behind? And that doesn't mean you leave a relationship behind or you quit the job. It's like, what situation happened that troubled me that I need to let go of? Mm. I need to take the reins, right? So I've talked about the inner self. What is that transcendence that I need to get inside and find within my heart that is troubling me, has troubled me for years or now that I need to acknowledge and get out and deal with no matter how bad it freaking hurts. I can't tell you how many times in this, um, you know, my home that I've had some serious moments of just crying my butt off. Mm. I had to let it out. Mm. I'm just like, why? What's the purpose? Why? But I knew at least now in my own faith, there's a purpose. There's a purpose for these things and a purpose for everyone's life and what's happening. But you have to figure it out. You got to have the guts to handle your issues and your problems and acknowledge them and not just, oh, let it go. You know, not let it go, but tuck it away. It's okay. It'll be fine. That's wrong. You got to figure it out. In order to get to where you want to go, figure out what you need to leave behind. If it is a relationship, have the courage to leave. Right. If it's not, have the courage to work on it. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to work through your problems because you talk to any married person, <laughs> holy God, yeah. they all got problems, oh, dude. It's like the other day I was at my parents' house. My, my dad's, <laughs> my dad's what, he's, he's about to be 81. My mom's 71. Oh my God. You know, and I remember going up, knocking the door. I could still hear him bickering. Yep. And I walked in, I opened the door and then just to, to, cause you could, they weren't like yelling, yeah. but they're just picking at each other. Yeah. And I opened the door just to make him laugh. I'm like, you guys have been married like 170 years and you're still bickering. <laughs> <laughs> and they both started laughing. I'm like, get over yourselves, man. That. Come on. I love that. Yeah. So it's it's um there's such so much growth for me that's been happening I think this year. Um you know, it's it's um it's tough. Mm. It's hard. There's there's medical issues I've been dealing with, personal issues. And I remember just thinking feeling, "Oh my god, this is going to be impossible." Mm-hmm. I'm 36 years old. Like what the freaking heck mm-hmm. is going on? But then realizing for me, you know, I've talked about on here, I'm not, I don't go to church, but this, you know, it's, it's really cool. I think on this podcast, you can hear me working out my faith. Oh yeah. I, I oh, really yeah. thought about that some weeks ago. I'm like, Oh my God. Cause I, you know, I hadn't gone to church in a while and you know, your life at a certain point will hit a point where you have nothing left, but to start praying mm-hmm. where you need more than what the physical world can give you. That's why prayer doesn't go anywhere. That's why yeah. it just keeps, it just keeps coming up. Yeah. You know, you keep feeling that need to do it. Yeah. yeah. And everybody's searching. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a, there's that whole, that purpose. And for me, knowing that there's a greater purpose behind the joy that I have or behind the suffering or behind the pain or by someone's mistake or my mistake, I've right. made plenty of them. I've hurt plenty of people, you know, and you start realizing, I started realizing, you know what, I, I need to let some of these things go in my past and the present in order for my life to go to the future Yeah, because it's freaking holding me back and it's mm-hmm. crushing me. And the funny part is nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm very big on protecting my private life. Mm-hmm. I stay very quiet because you don't want a lot of voices. Yeah, You gotta be careful who you can trust. Yep. But realizing that the issue wasn't people, it was, my, it was me. 
It's me and how I'm handling my problems. You can't control people, how they're going to treat you. Exactly. But I can control how I'm going to respond. Exactly. I can tell you some of my responses have been terrible. Mm -hmm. And I can get pretty pissed off and I'll fire off and I'm thinking, ooh, should have said that one. (laughs) I can't. That's humanity though. Yeah, right? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and that's something that I, I, it's hard. You know, you, you want, what's the best way to put this? When you're done wrong, you want, sometimes you think, I want to get payback. Yeah. That's not the right issue. That's, or excuse me, that's not the right answer. Right, right. No. And it says in what Bible, right? Pinch is mine, says the Lord. Yep. Let it go. Yeah. And I've learned to, I think it's the most in my adult life I've ever prayed. I prayed for guidance, for direction, for peace, for healing physically, just certain things. And the more I prayed and the more I would meditate and the more I would go out and surf and just be thankful for the little things that I have, I realized how lucky I am. Mm-hmm. That even as bad as it gets, I'm still fortunate. Yep. Still fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Still fortunate that I can wake up in my own home, throw my surfboards on my car, and go surf and enjoy some waves. Yeah. Yeah. How many other people are in a worse position than I am? Right. You know. Right. So you start. It's for me. It's it's again. It's this self-realization, not just of my outside circumstances, but internally. Internally, it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm battling myself. I'm harboring some of these issues and this pain and this hurt. I have to let go mm-hmm. because again, I need to let this go in order to get to where I need to go Yes, because it's just holding me back and I see it in so many friends and people and I'm one, I'll never tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. I'll give you suggestions, but yeah. you, you have to figure it out on your own. A lot of people are like, well, what do you think? What do you think? I can't tell you the answer. I'm not you. Right. I can only tell you what I've been through and how I dealt with it and how I got through it. You know, and that's, so for me, like recently, you know, answering that question, but it's, it's, it's the emotional things for me that are the most difficult because I've never learned to deal with it properly. Mm-hmm. Never. And doing that now, you start learning. It's not the people that have hurt you. It's really what's inside of yourself that you have to figure out and you have to work out to be successful and go somewhere. Yep. Because it's just going to ruin other things in your life if you don't. So in order to get to where you want to go, you need to leave something behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have the guts and the courage to look inside yourself and figure out what that is. Yeah. It will change your life. It ain't going to be easy. I promise you it's not going to be easy and as an adult male it's sometimes you feel but you're you're just like is this weak that i feel this way Mm. is it weak that i want to cry no it's not right we're all human we're we're wired to have these emotions and they're god-given so we can work that out with the body crying it's releasing that tension and that energy you gotta let that go and I realized, I'm like, man, I should be crying a lot a long yeah, I mean, time ago. Yeah, right? man, let it out. Forget all this BS about I need to be a strong man. And I was like, no, dude, like, let's talk about this. Right. Some of the best conversations with you and even Jordan where it's like, we let our walls down and we talked and we got emotional and it was beautiful. Yeah. And I felt so much more empowered as a man and as a friend and even in my spiritual life and what, what I'm doing now. I don't have it all figured out, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. That's it. I'm trying to figure out what's my purpose. Yes. What am I going to do here? What am I going to do with my life? And how can I have an influence and impact the lives around me? Not the world. If it gets there one day, cool. Right. But how can I be faithful in the little things first so when the big comes, I can handle it? Yes. You know? Yes. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to get deep, you know, yeah. on this podcast today with you. Yeah. And I feel like we did that and more. And one thing that really hit me was when you said that, um, you like the biggest thing was how you handle emotions. That's one thing you can change. I really feel that it, that's ironic because I don't know if you would have come to this place 
had you not had all these situ- all these situations, all oh this BS happen to you. Correct. You know? Correct. So it's almost like, uh, and, and I, I, I go through the same thing. I ask myself, what would I change? And then I think like, oh, I would change this and this and this. But would I have come to this destination where Sam is today if Sam had not gone through what he went through? Yeah. No, it wouldn't have happened. Tim wouldn't have, he wouldn't be the Tim of today coming to this real. Maybe you think like, oh, well, I would have come to it sooner. Well, no, you wouldn't because those situations that happened in your life wouldn't have happened. And then you wouldn't have been who you are today. You, you nailed it, dude. I, somebody asked me um, recently, what would you go back and change? you do your life different if you got to start at 18 again and i paused i paused for like a minute i was thinking because you're like a lot of me would i wants to say yes right but then there's that part of me it's like i'm retaining nah no i needed to experience the failures i needed to experience these highs and joys i needed to experience a lot of this emotional pain to be the Tim that I am now, yeah, to have the understanding and empathy with people that I have now. It, I wouldn't be the man that I am if I didn't go through them, you know, and, you know, going through these little Bible studies that I have, it's, it's, um, one thing that sticks out to me is, you know, again, God has a purpose for you. Yep. God, even though there's times I look up, I'm like, why would you let this happen? Mm. Why? But I remember reading, it's like, instead of, Showing God your problems, show your problem God. Mm. Show him, show the problem who he is. Yeah. Because what was once bad, he can turn to good. Show your problem God. Yes. And I it's like that. he will trade beauty for ashes. Yes. He will make what was once bad good. Yes. But you have to have the faith. Right. You have to grit your teeth and you've got to be strong. Will it happen instantly? No. Yeah. Probably not. Some maybe. Right. I think things still happen to people immediately. Yeah. But for a lot of situations, it takes time. It takes time. And then it talks about being in the wilderness. You know, you know, that wilderness, I and mean, that's where I kind of feel like I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about, you know, the Israelites, they were in 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. But in those 40 years, God was showing them something. He was teaching them. Yep. He was teaching them to have trust and to have faith. Now, please, I hope my wilderness is in 40 years because uh, I'll probably be gone uh, by then. <laughs> but, you know, in certain situations, that's where I feel I'm in this in-between. I'm like, man, what what's going on here? But it's almost like sometimes you just need to sit back and exist. Yeah. Let... The Lord work in your life and let him do what he's going to do because he's going to make what you thought good was going to be good, great. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're going down a road that he honestly doesn't want you to go down because it won't work out right. There's so many things I wish would have happened, right? I'm like, man, I wish I would have got this job or gone here. And looking back 15 years or 10 years later, I'm like, oh man, I am so glad that didn't work out. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Yep. Because it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. Or a relationship that ended and you're just like oh my god like oh, that's the end of the world right and then you look back you're like holy crap that person turned into a dud yeah, like thank yeah. god that didn't work out you yeah, know yeah. so it's it's um you know faith for me is taking a, a pretty big front seat now and, and i wish i would have taken it more serious sooner but again it's like i said going through this podcast um when we first started years ago you can hear me struggling mm. i'll make fun of stuff but you can hear a person who's trying to find purpose yep. and trying to figure out what's what is, is this life about? And it's like I knew. Grew up in church and faith. Mm-hmm. But I was denying it. I'm going to do it my way. Well, I did it my way for a long time. Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it was pretty rough. Brought you back here. Yeah. And I always say it's like he will, he loves you enough that he will get your attention no matter how much it hurts you. Oh, yeah. He will leave the 99 to save the one. Yep. And that's how I feel. And it gets me a little bit emotional sometimes because all those times of a brother's death or divorce, or friends who have committed suicide, or relationships ending, or somebody hurting me, 
I wasn't alone, even though I felt alone. And it's like, when you walk through deep waters, it says he is with you. He'll never leave you. He'll always be there, but you got to acknowledge him. He wants to take those issues and those cares and he wants to make you whole, no matter how much it hurts you, because he's your loving father. And as a loving father, we know sometimes they have to let the pain of your mistakes or certain situations happen so you can learn. Yes. So you can learn how to deal with those issues, how to make the right decision, how to not make that wrong decision again, and how to truly lean on him. Because my God, my mortality was brought to, you know, a few times in the past five years, right in front of my face and I'm dealing with it now. And it's, it makes you question things. Why am I here? Mm -hmm. So my life might be cut short a little bit. Mm. This is interesting. Um, So what am I doing with my time then? Am I putting it in things that I can't even take with me? Or am I going to put in stuff that's going to matter and go into attorney, which is people. Right. People freaking matter. Everyone's life is important. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether you're, and that's one thing with our, my career that I'm in now, I like being a firefighter is it doesn't matter if you're the richest person in our district or you're the poorest, you call 911, we're coming. Yeah. And we're coming charging and we will do everything it takes to help you. Even if it means we laid on our life, you know, and that's something that, I really am proud of in the career that I'm doing, but I see that also my faith is, is no matter what, God's always there and he's waiting for you. And the second you call him, he's going to come charging you. Yep. He will be with you. And it's, 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 it's something that's really, Sam, that's been changing me a lot. And I don't talk much about it with people. Mm-hmm. I tend to keep everything just kind of private to myself until I get on here and I just yeah. like, whoa, you just let it out. Am yep. I perfect? Nah, dude, I still throw a cuss word out here and I'll make crazy jokes or whatever. But yeah. the heart of it all is, you know, I'm only here for a short time, all of us here. So what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Do you want to live for yourself or do you want to actually have an impact and change someone's life and do something that's going to work not just into this lap but in the next you know yeah man yeah i feel like we could talk forever oh yeah like this is this is this is amazing <laughs> man and yeah. i i want to just want to say real quick before we leave um that uh you have been such a like i said the ripple bro you've been such a a rock and such a mover in my life and what i mean by mover is you know just allowing me to find the, the strength to push and to move from where I am or where I was to where I'm going, not even where I am, where I'm, where I am in the future, you yeah. know, and hearing your words on the podcast, um, you calling me, texting me, we talk, just talking whenever, yeah. you know, talking in your kitchen, in the, in, in car rides, it's just allowed me to figure out like what I should be doing with my life, mm-hmm. you know, and where I should be heading, yeah. you know, and, um, your, your words, it's funny. You always say, wow, you're well-spoken to everybody that, you know, we talk to and I'm like, bro, you, like, <laughs> you, like you get so deep and this is what I love. This is what I appreciate that. This is it yeah. right here, man. This is, this is our future, you know, and watching it roll out in front of us, yeah. you know, and I love the, that we can be able to put this on a mic put this on online, record it. And then, like you said, you can see that. See progression. See progression in your life. And it's crazy because you're not even there yet. You know, you're not where you're supposed to be. Right. Because you're constantly moving. You're you're rolling down this hill, moving super fast. You know, 50 50 miles or whatever, uh, uh, 50 miles of running, 50 miles of hiking. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's amazing. Um, But yeah, bro, I love it. I love you. Um, You're my brother. 
Uh, we talk about this all the time. Um, uh, Jordan, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. I wanted to text him today. I'm going to, I'm going to hit him up. Oh boy. Um, he's been, I miss him. Man. He's in his promotional process. He's almost to the end. That guy's been studying his butt off. Shout out, Jordan. We love Shout you, dude. Jordan. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, before we go, uh, let's get a, let's go on three, man. Let's do it. Sam, I love you, yeah. dude. I love you too, man. Appreciate you. I'm really glad you're part of the team. Yeah, bro. Love you, bro. All right. One, two, three. Let's, let's go. go. Bye, everybody. Ah. <laughs> Took my line. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you for listening in, everybody. I'd like to thank our sound engineer who makes this podcast happen and makes us sound very good, Stephen Clark. And to our first sponsor, 8-9 Barbers. Look good, feel good, be great. Come get your haircut at two locations, Long Beach and in Orange, California. Your appointment can be booked at 8-9Barbers.com. That is E-I-G-H-T-N-I-N-E. B-A-B, excuse me, B-A-R-B-R-E-R-S, 89barbers.com. Again, look good, feel good, be great. Check it out. It's my barber. He is the man. Thanks, everybody. Bye.